Hi, and welcome to the Orion Podcast with Jessa and Laurel. In today's episode, we connect with Jen Dirks of 4Fin Creative, a branding studio that puts brand at the center of good business. You'll see it happen so organically for them that our work at Estellar Co. was teed up many times in the show. Without any prep, we swear. Learn why making waves like this is so important for Jen and her network of businesses for good. Enjoy. Hey, Laurel. Hey, Jessa. Who is our guest today? We have Jen Dirks. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you. Yeah. And uh, Jessa, how do we know Jen? How are we connected? Um, I was thinking about this, of course, because we always start with this. And I met Jen officially through Next San Diego, which is a grassroots organization focused on connecting people for good. But I'd originally come across you about a year ago, I believe early in the pandemic when you were hosting an online webinar, I guess, about marketing. And I needed to learn about marketing and branding. And I saw something that was available for free through, I believe it was Connect in San Diego. And uh, yeah, so I, your name keeps popping up everywhere. And then I believe I saw you CC'd on it, or I was CC'd on an email to you from Laurel. And I'm like, oh, okay. So now Laurel and Jen know each other. And now I know Jen. <laughs> yeah. And I got to, I was seeing your activity on business for good on the business for good Slack channel. And then I think I saw, I got really excited when I saw your video with Karen leadership strategies that you had gone on one of their adventures before we go into that, um, apologies for this. This is what happens when you work Hollywood. (laughs) Sorry. I've got so many things going on. Um, uh, before we go into your entrepreneurial background, I would love to hear which, um, Karen leadership advent crux adventure you had been on. I can't remember what it was. I haven't been on one. I'm just really good ah. friends with those two. I love what they're doing. I've always wanted to, and every time it pops up, I put it on my calendar, but uh, my family life usually prohibits me from going, but I will. And I'm very excited. Have you been on one? Yeah, I've been on two. Um, thanks to a stellar co. Um, I did, we hiked Mount San Jacinto. Nice. Um, hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I've climbed multiple 14,000 foot mountains, but it, I, we, that's for another story, but it jump started my wellness journey because of how bad <laughs> I, I failed at that mountain. And then I, the most recent one, I went to Joshua tree and I highly recommend that one. Cause we did backcountry camping and rock climbing. And it was yes. And Knights was there. And of course, Abigail was there. Um, for those of you who are listening who don't know about Karen leadership strategies, they do this, these crux adventures where you go out into the wilderness and you discover the leader within you and what kind of leadership you want to convey through your business. So it's a, it's a group of entrepreneurs and leaders, business leaders. And when I came back from Joshua Tree, Jessa and I had our Q2 strategy planning meeting, and we talked all about our revisit our values and everything. And I just can't say enough accolades for Abigail and Knight and Leonie and everybody at Karen Leadership Strategy. So I hope we you need go to on. follow up with them after this and ask them to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> they're not even paying you for this. They are great though. And, and there's something about connecting with nature and help having that help you with your leadership. Like I think that mental clarity and space away is, is really valuable. And especially if you're around other entrepreneurs that are inspiring. So yeah. Yeah. I hope to see you on one of those soon, Laura. That'll be fun. How do you, you know, speaking of entrepreneurship and taking care of yourself in nature, we know that you are a surfer. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
tell us tell us a little bit about why the the surfing is so important to your <clears throat> excuse me your business life and your your mental well-being yeah I mean I've been surfing since I was 10 so it's always been part of my life and I think growing up in San Diego um it, there's a lot of people in San Diego and I tend to need to, to step away from that. And for me, even just going out in the water gives you space from all of the, the busy things that are happening around you to think and to focus intuitively on your own actions. When you're out in the water, you're really, you're making sense of the world around you by constantly feeling the water, feeling the waves, looking for new opportunities. And just, it gives you a time to just be very, it's almost meditative to me. And so uh, it's really helped me with leadership because there's often big decisions that need meditation. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and also just knowing that um, business is similar, right? You have to kind of read what's around you, uh, understand where the opportunities are and what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And so there's a lot of introspective decisions that need to be made in business. So I think they, they support each other in that way. Agreed. And for people that aren't watching the video of this podcast, in the background, you've got We Make Waves. Mm -hmm. on the back of your, on your wall. Tell us about that. Where did that come from? What does yeah. it mean to you? Yeah. So Forfin is the company that I started five years, five and a half years ago now. Um, before that, I was a graphic designer under my own name as many start out. And when I started Forfin, I knew I wanted to focus on branding specifically for, for companies. Um, it's just a real passion point of mine. You know, you can design a beautiful logo, but what does that mean and stand for? And so when we started Forfin, I, I, I I branded it around surfing because of that connection of surfing and, and branding to me mentally. It's called For Fin because a lot of businesses don't give branding the weight it has at the top. They see it as kind of a skin for their marketing efforts. But if you look at brand as the core of a business, just alongside that business mission is your brand mission. Um, it really can give you traction. So most surfboards have three fins. And if you add that extra fin, it gives you a lot of traction and stability. So I saw branding as that way for companies. And so I called it Forfin. Of course, I'm a surfer. And, um, and so our, our slogan, really, our tagline is that we make waves. And that, and that is by helping our clients really see themselves authentically and, and showing up in a way that turns heads and gets people's attention. And that's the kind of waves we want them to make is to get out there and be bold and be known um, for the good things that they're doing. So that's what it means to us. And I think with branding and like you said, that people don't really give it as much thought and attention. And I find myself as well guilty of this and other people, like you can get really excited about like naming a company or designing a logo maybe too early. So instead of establishing the values. And so I guess, you know, with your process, like where is it, when is a good time to create a logo and name? Like when you're, like if you're starting a company from scratch, like how would yeah. that process work in a perfect world? <laughs> in a perfect world. I mean, gosh, this conversation, I feel like I've had so many times because business building is iterative, right? And so brand building is iterative too. So what I tell people is, you know, in the very beginning, you're not, don't go pay a firm to make you a beautiful brand book with logo and fonts and colors if you're not ready for that yet. Um, but one thing that I think, the, you know, you're starting out, you have this great idea, get very clear why you exist. <laughs> Get very clear on what is the business that you're building and why is it meaningful to people um, that you're building it for. And I think getting very clear on your purpose, getting very clear on how you're going to build that versus what's available, um, kind of those differentiation points, and hopefully those come from value-aligned decisions that you're making. So to me, that's actually, from a brand standpoint, the most important thing to know early on. And it, from a visual standpoint, 
just don't shoot yourself in the foot. Keep it clean and simple until you have the money to really build out a robust visual net, you know, identity system that's meaningful. I think the, the, the problem a lot of people get into is that they feel they need to look professional and they feel they need to have this full suite of identity assets that do that for them. And, but they can't afford actually what, what does that well. And so they'll hide, you know, and there's a bunch of great freelancers in the world and some of them do fantastic work. Um, but, you know, you can also find someone that totally overdoes it for what, where you're at. And so I think, you know, just be okay with where you're at. Look, we just started this company a year ago here's the purpose and the mission and where we're going and it's going to be incredible. And right now this is the stage we're at and it's okay to look that way. I think that's how I approach it. You are um, like looking into my soul because this is where I'm at and what I'm going through with shirt sauna. So my product and same thing, no money. I want this very professional brand, all this stuff. And one of my friends, thank God is a graphic designer and really, really good at this and doing this. And she is used to doing this for a career. And so she's doing it perfectly. And I'm like, I just need this like good enough, you know, like our brand book looks amazing, but it's not done. And it's like the stuff I really, really need is not done. And even like when we're talking about, she's like, okay, I realized I probably spent too much time on this. And so anyway, I, it, it, it makes me feel good to hear that. Cause I'm like, oh, we aren't the only ones. <laughs> like, Everybody's this problem. And, and look, we, we still calibrate with some of our clients where, you know, what is the real need? And of course, designers and brand people are going to want to do it perfect. I mean, it's our work, right? It's our life's work to put out this most perfect product. And I think there's a big stigma in our industry around that. And actually it makes people really concerned to hire branding agencies because they think, oh my God, like this is going to be a thing. You know, like if I do this, it's going to be a thing. Six months later, I'm going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars and I'm not going to be happy and it's not going to be done. Right. So I think I tried to kind of demystify branding for people and say, it is really important. Of course, or I wouldn't be in this work. Um, but at the same time, it's not everything. And so like, let's look at where you're at right now. What is the core need? Um, and again, strategy, you can't skimp on, like get clear up front. I, I, I don't skimp on that part. But then when it comes to the execution, what's the core need? What's the most valuable asset for you right now? Let's focus on that. And it doesn't have to be perfect. We can always come back to it later. Clean is, clean is better. Keep it simple. Less is more. And then build from there. So yeah, it, and it's a hard process, you know? It's a hard it is. <laughs> it, it, and I, I felt like that teed us up specifically and very well for a stellar co because what we do is we have our one page strategic plan that we offer clients. That is your, why you exist, your core values, your purpose. Also like what it is you specifically do. Like, do you make widgets? Like mm -hmm. we know you're going to change the world, but like, do you make widgets and that kind of stuff. Um, and we call it Polaris because it's your North star and your guiding light. And what you said is resonating with us because you're saying you got to start with why you exist first and the mission and like where you're going and your beautiful vision, your North star, your guiding light, where are you going and get some traction with that and get it, get the brand good enough to right. communicate that you are on a mission and that you have this North star and this vision. And then at what point do you think like, Maybe we should talk about investment. Like at what point, what kind of investment takes you to the next level? Like what kind of brand investment takes you to the next level of showcasing your work? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's different for every company and where they're at. I think for me, a good litmus test is when you're going into a big new pitch that feels maybe a little bit stretchy for you. Um, and this is obviously for a business to business kind of client, but 
and you're going in and you're embarrassed to give them your website URL or you're, you're embarrassed to put the deck in front of them. I think that's a good sign that you're stretching beyond your brand and, and, and you have the opportunity to do so, right? If you have this pitch set up, that means you've gotten somewhere and you've gotten some traction and people are interested. So now it might be time to help your brand match that so that you can come in and really blow it out of the water. And now, now, you know, you get, you land that project and it opens up a lot of doors. So to me, that's kind of a good litmus test. Like, when do you feel like, wow, the world's opening up for me to come participate and I'm embarrassed to show up, right? I love that so much. <laughs> I love it. Well, Laurel and I are very like into our feelings and intuition <laughs> and, you know, it's based on research and intellect or Laurel's intellect, at least. <laughs> I'm like, this just feels good. Let's do it. But I, cause I get so frustrated when someone's like, well, what's your budget? And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Do, are you telling me I need to have $10,000 or I need to have $50,000? Like, I don't have this big line item budget. Right. And I'm like, if you're telling me to get a perfect brand that to the level I want is going to be $20,000. So let's say I have no idea, obviously. Then I'm like, okay, well, I can't do that yet, but I can plan to get there. Or, well, this is what we can give you for $2,000, whatever. Like I, I like it to be more of a collaborative discussion. And I love that. It's just like, you just kind of know. Yeah. It's when you know, you know. (laughs) That collaboration too. Like I think any service provider, you know, branding being one of them is let's discuss what we can do and what we do very well. And then let's discuss what that will be, you know, what will be true for you when we've done that. And then looking at that and painting that picture for them and saying, here's what can be true for you. What's that worth? You know, here's, here's the dollar amount we put on it at our firm. How does that fit with you? And if it's not a fit, it's not a fit. I think understanding the actual end result and value from that is is part of my you know education process when I'm talking to somebody new because also branding is very nebulous right like you don't get <laughs> this like perfect yeah it, right? strategy it's like this it's strategy like what is that you know so I think being able to kind of paint the picture of what that can do and and even still I mean we'll land clients that are like okay I, I get it and but then we go through the process and then they're like oh I'm sure you guys have this all the time And they're, oh, oh, this is what you mean, you know, and they're just moved. And so sometimes I think you just have to, um, you know, build trust and say, look, this is something that we know is going to be meaningful. And here's what we see. And if you don't see it yet, our whole goal is to get you to see it by the end of this engagement. So, Um, yeah. Jen, again, you teed us up very nicely for exactly what I wanted to ask you about. Why we didn't rehearse this. I know, right? It feels, I love it when it just happens like this. We're so efficient today. So when you, you just talked about building trust and we were talking about this right before recording and you said something that I'm not, that I've never heard before. And you know, what's going on, what I keep hearing a lot about in the consumer facing world and consumer products is brands are in a position where they have to build trust. Now the consumers, they're kind of like onto the brand, but what you said is now business to business is having to do that as well, which I haven't really, th- I don't know why I just haven't, you, you said it in a way that I hadn't thought about before. And so can you kind of speak to your experience of that, about how businesses are now looking for like, I guess, value minded business services. I don't, yeah, I don't totally yeah. and, you know what I mean. I think. Totally. I mean, well, let's be clear that business to business has always been about building trust. So, um, you know, that's, that's the business model of a business to business partnership is you have, it's, it's relationship driven. Right. But I think what I'm seeing a shift in is what that relationship's based on. Right. I think that yes, forward facing these companies have had to, you know, be good. They've had social initiatives, sustainability initiatives. They've done things that make them 
whether it's true or not, appear good to the consumer. So the consumer feels good when they buy that product and they don't feel like they're supporting someone who's gross, right? And in the business to business space, I think it was more about the business side of things because it's kind of, it's less forward facing and the conversations can be more, is this the right, you know, timing and budget and, and what do you need to, you know? So the conversation was maybe more functional in the past, at least, you know, look, I've been in business five years, 10 if you include my freelance design, which I work directly with clients in that too. So I'm not saying I've, I've seen this, you know, gamut of business, but in that short time frame, I've noticed that our conversations with partners and with potential clients have become much more about, is this, are they doing good? What are we, what is this really that we're supporting? And it could be the networks I'm in. Um, it could be the fact that I, I focus on that. I don't want to work for someone that, that isn't changing the world for better, but but I see those conversations being more and more important and, you know, clients almost explaining to me why, no, no, this is, let me explain to you the benefit to society of what this thing is that we're doing. And so I love that. I mean, I love that that's mm-hmm. something that has to be through and through, not just forward facing for consumers or forward facing for the external marketing initiatives, but like really in who, who you're taking on as a partner too. I, you're, you're pitching a seller cow for us. I, I, it could, because, well, because this is exactly what we do. We're like you, for you to be successful, for you as a company to be successful, of course you need to build trust, whether it's in your consumer or the B2B world, you need to build trust. And you can't do that if you don't know where you're going or what values you're, you're using for decision-making, for filtering those decisions. And what we've done is take like a strategic plan another step further where we have a section where we make you think about how your business adds value to the community, adds value to the environment, adds value to the economy, not just by making profit, but how are you changing the way the world does business? How are you um, cultivating a healthy relationship with the environment? And how are you cultivating strong relationships with the community and adding social value? And when people really take the time to sit with us and just think about that and write it out, you're like, oh, I do. I am a valued and cherished member of society. I do good things and I can improve in these areas. And then you're able to communicate that to other people just blankly, just straight up transparently. Yeah. This is where I'm at. Here's my plan. I I care about these values and here's I add, how I add value to the world. And then yeah. we come to you, we come to Forfin and we get all our branding around it and yeah. just go yeah. run, run the world. So I have a question for you on this though, because, and I love that by the way, I just, I mean, that is exactly what more companies should be doing is being introspective and saying that not only because it helps them focus on those as goals, if they aren't doing such a great job, but it also gives them that confidence to say, I do matter. Like I've, Business is hard, right? I think a lot of people have a, a, a moment where they're like, why am I doing this? Is this even worth my my life's work? And so giving people that confidence of what they're doing and how it impacts people is so huge. So I have a question on this though. Have you ever signed a client and been working with them? And in those discussions, you realize, God, they really don't have a lot going for them. Like they really are just business-minded. Like, does that happen to you or not? Yeah, it happens because... Jess and I live in this a little bit of a bubble or we're riding this wave, speaking of waves and surfing, we're riding this wave of the business for good movement and, and doing capitalism differently from a more stakeholder perspective. And so we just live that way and feel that way. And sometimes we'll meet with a business that doesn't know this world exists, doesn't know what stakeholder capitalism is, doesn't know um, what sustainability is. Like they're just not maybe they're a financial company and what they do really well is make profit and they do it really well. 
but they don't know what they're doing for the environment. And I wouldn't, we've had a couple of people where we've had to spend some time and, and really pull out of them more of a reason why they exist beyond profit. Mm-hmm. It's there. Like we haven't come across anybody that's like, no, I'm, I only exist <laughs> to make money. And that's the only thing I care about. Usually it's when you get to the heart of the matter, it's usually, I want to make money so my employees can have full covered benefits. So their children can go to college so that the world is educated. Like there's, there's a layer to it all and people need help getting there and understanding yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's part of it. A little help being being okay with owning that. So a lot of times, you know, the work that we're doing in branding is just getting people to own that forward facing. You know, they're like, oh well, I know. You know, we we actually worked recently with a client that um, I won't go too much detail so that we aren't you know divulging any secrets here, but. They, they had they had a mission around what they were doing that was different than their industry typically would present forward but they didn't want to harp on that they wanted to they wanted to, to to make it first in the industry and then use that that platform that they're on to then talk about all these good things and um, you know we had to say actually the world works the other way around and you're going to be one of the few people in your industry talking about these good things and guess what? Other people actually do care about it and they're going to find you and say, oh, you're the ones who care about this the most. Like stand strong on what you matter for first and then you will make it as opposed to the other way. Well, I think. Uh, interesting session that we did um, where we, we really just help them own what they already knew and what they already cared about. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was going to add to what Laurel was saying is that oftentimes these people they don't come to us necessarily and say, I want to do good in the world. I'm a stakeholder focused business, conscious capitalist, but it's more that they have other problems. And, and when you kind of, you know, peel the onion back as I'm sure you do as well, it's, you start to see, like, you can start to ask these deeper questions and like the values and the whys. And so as long as these, these business leaders are willing to adapt and grow, like that's really, I think, kind of our litmus test. It's more the people who are really stuck in their ways. They only care about the bottom line. They're doing everything they can to shave a dollar off, um, you know, their expenses. That's when it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't work for us. Mm -hmm. And they're probably, they probably, they're probably the type of people who wouldn't want to work with us anyway. Mm -hmm. And as you guys were talking about this, I was thinking about an example of someone I just spoke with yesterday. She is a woman owned business. She's in consulting and she works with businesses on implementing basically their ESG for short. Um, and then when they got in, you know, this company was basically greenwashing everything when they got in and looked and then they weren't in paying their employees a livable wage. Like they weren't following labor laws. And she said, when they got there, she's like, no, like we won't work with you. And, you know, we, and this is her speaking saying, well, we need money, but we don't need it that bad. And we're not willing to compromise and make money off of you like now that we know this is what you're doing. And I was just so excited to hear that. And this, um, this business was not based in the United States. So that made it, I don't know, even more that like, there's a world out there of people doing this type of work and being very intentional about Mm -hmm. that. And I think what's interesting is like, who would this other business end up hiring? What will anyone end up working with them to, to do that? And I think the more that we stand up for ourselves and our values and say, no, that's, it's going to drive change. Yep. And that's what I was going to say too. I think that that's the shift I'm seeing is that who is going to work with this company? Like 
nobody or somebody who is just as dry and functional and, you know, as they are, and it's going to show in all the ex external things that they do. So, and then that company, again, and everyone involved in, I don't know what this company was, but, you know, they see that and they feel that too. So I think I, I love the shift. Honestly, when I started my business, I did, you know, I, I dropped my business minor in college. So I've never considered myself a business person. And when I started my company, that was one of my biggest concerns. I had a, I had a stigma around what it means to be a business person. Um, and I think that's where I love to see the shift because I can make connections with people like you who have heart-centered work at the forefront of, of what business means to them. And I think there's a whole community of business owners that are doing really great things, helping people who are changing the world. And I, to me that now, now I'm proud to be a business owner. So I agree. I, I agree. I think that's, that's what drives us so much in our everyday and doing what we do is sharing stories like this, where you can be a business that makes really good, hard-earned money doing good work and there's no guilt mm -hmm. and there's only like this authentic expression of whatever it is I want to be. And it just takes me back to when business first started in capitalism, it was to solve a particular societal problem, like build a canal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was, a, and it had an end date. Um, you know, I would be build a canal co and I would build this, you know, with the canal and then I'd be done with it. And my workers would dismantle and we'd go build a bridge co, whatever it might be. <laughs> and then, you know, capitalism takes off the financial markets take off. We become a global economy. And then in the eighties, we have this overwhelming greed that comes in and makes everyone make short-term decisions to maximize short-term returns for their shareholders. And that is where we saw the shift of business going from being purpose-driven and for a reason to solve a societal problem and build us up to being a profit machine. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing this wave come back. Here we go with our, our four-fin waves again. <laughs> come back to be like, we can be ethical. We can solve a societal problem, support each other, come from a place of abundance, not from, I need to hoard all this information for myself, to, for my competitive advantage. We're now being values-driven, purpose-driven is the competitive advantage and is your sustainability strategy. Mm -hmm. It's not just doing well for the environment. It's I'm going to be here for a really long time because I'm not making short-term stupid decisions like not paying a living wage right. or treating my customers poorly. And I feel like this is going to be our children's future. You said you've got two kids. Was it kindergarten, fifth grade? I think you said second grade and kindergarten, little. Yeah, little. This is going to be their future. Well done, Forfin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that is something that's true. You know, I mean a shift a shift happens when you have kids, and all of a sudden you start thinking about what you're doing a lot differently. But um, yeah, I think you're totally right. And I think, of course, there's still there's still a lot of decisions being made for money and power. I mean. One, one shift I'm also really happy about is this, what we're talking about, this, you know, purpose-driven, um, societal need-driven work, shifting into in being more forefront in the, in the world of venture capital too. And I think that, you know, that's where it's very hard when someone takes on money early on in their business and they now have to answer to their funders, Right. I think that there's a lot of pressure around that. And a lot of times they're being pushed for profit, push, push, push for profit. I'm seeing more and more really awesome venture capital firms that are focused on things that matter. Um, you know, clean energy ventures, co companies that 
build their whole model around supporting businesses that are doing good in the world. And they know that that's part of the result that they're looking for in those businesses. And I think to me, that's, that's a shift. So excited about. I, I, to build on that, I think another humongous shift that's going to happen is when these VCs invest in these companies that are purpose-driven and value-driven. And then those companies want to have an IPO and they want to go public and they go on the long-term stock exchange. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is the way we change capitalism. And of course, Jessa and I learned about this through our experience with Dave Farron, our mentor at Tory Project, Mm -hmm. where Tory Project is promulgating this message of, here's a group of VCs that can invest in your company, that have a long-term view, that genuinely want of course they want to make a return on their investment, but it's a values aligned investment. And then they're thinking over the long term. And I, in my other job, we're right in the capital raise right now. And it's very, very hard to find VCs with enough of that cash to have a long-term view. And so we're, we're going a different route than a VC route, but I hope if you're, if you're listening Silicon Valley, I hope that (laughs) You know, in New York, I hope that that their children and the new generation and the wave of VCs will be more impact investing and in clean investing and ethical investing. Yeah, I'm already seeing it. I, I think it's I think it is where we're headed and hopefully continue to head. And um, it starts with small companies like ours making a stink and, and not taking on clients that don't make sense for us. And, you know, it's it's everybody has a part to play in it. And I think that it's becoming more and more apparent how how all of the companies are working together to change, change the narrative. Well, that, that was going to be my, this is, you're doing the best at segueing. Um, (laughs) Who is your dream client? Like, who are these beautiful? Like who's hosting this and who's the guest? Cause we're like, (laughs) let us tell you all about ourselves. You're asking, I'm like, this is great. (laughs) I think it's such similar work. You know, we have, we we live in the same guest house. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm back drinking my coffee. (laughs) <laughs> Join our collective. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I was going to say, like, who who are the dream clients for Forfin? Who do you really, 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 are, who are you super attracted to? And who do you want to be, want to be attracted to Forfin? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, gosh, I get this question a lot. What's your perfect client? And I, I'm, I'm enamored and in love with so many of our clients and what they're doing for the world. That's hard for me to say, like, this is ideal. But I think for me, I'm big on sustainability. I'm really interested in how we can shift to a green economy in a healthy way. And I think that there's a ton of private enterprises that are coming up with these solutions that are not just, um, they're on a larger scale. So they're not, they're not something that is a great new consumer product that you can purchase that helps you with your sustainability, which there's a lot of great products out there that I, that I love, but it's, you know, one of our recent clients is called Nth Cycle, and what they do is help to recycle certain minerals from lithium-ion batteries so that they don't need to be mined again, right? Um, or in the mining process, they're able to improve the output of that mining process. So shifts like that that might seem kind of, you know, very granular and very uh, in the weeds make a huge difference in how we're changing as a society. If we all are moving to the need of lithium-ion batteries, how are we getting that? How are we getting those batteries and how are those being recycled? And not enough people look to that, right? So I think for very interesting clients and, and projects where I know that our work helps them spread a message that, that can really change an entire industry in the way that they're doing things. 
Well, I'm going to take this question, but 100% answer the question. And I'm taking this bait. I just was making eye contact with me. I'm taking your bait because the project that I'm working on is a 100% renewable geothermal power plant that's going to use renewable energy to pull lithium from underground brine. So it's the most sustainable way of mining lithium in the world today. There is no other eco-friendly way. And the, this project has the capacity to change an entire supply chain for electric vehicles because the quality of lithium that comes out from the ground is so high, it doesn't have to go to China to be refined. It can go straight to cathode, then straight to battery, then straight to car, and you can have an entire American supply chain started in Southern California. And what we would love to do is close that loop for the batteries. So Nth would be an excellent stakeholder in our work. And I would love to meet them because it's, it's, well, people are witnessing this right now on the podcast. This is how business development works, where you see a connection and you make a friendship and a relationship and you ask, (laughs) you ask for the (laughs) intro. I just thank you for, for being interested in the, the clean energy future. Cause to me, that's the, that's the future. It's huge. And I mean, that's, and yes, let's, let's talk offline and get that going because I think that agreed, like finding people who are, are doing something in, in alignment with other companies, you know, and making those connections is a huge part of business and not just business development, but just being a good business person and caring, you know, actually caring about the result of the work you're doing. But, um, and that's one example. And I think that there's, there's, you know, the clean energy space is very important to me, but in terms of Forfin and our clientele, we work across the spectrum. Um, you know, we have clients that are not even necessarily themselves doing something that's, you know, in the sustainability space. Or, you know, we have a, we have a um, developer, we have, you know, a PR companies, but the common thread behind everyone that we're working with is that they're, they're like you guys, you know, when you start talking to people, there's something more meaningful besides that service that they're offering. And a lot of times I think people approach the market with, here's the service that I have because they've spent a lot of time thinking about how they're going to offer their service. And they think, you know, they're thinking a lot about the benefit of that service to their customers. But I think they miss that how important it is to say why they're offering that service and what's the meaning behind that and what they're passionate about. So um, a lot of our clients just, are doing really great things and they just aren't sure how to talk about that, even if they aren't, you know, truly creating something that changes the world. I wouldn't say that all of our clients are in that. Yeah. And I think with that as well, and coming back to, you know, it's something that's always run me wrong about sales, like the traditional sales industry. When I think about it, you know, it's like you have all these cold leads, warm leads, hot leads, referrals, whatever. And it's like sell, sell, sell. And people are so focused on like telling you why their product is so great that they don't take time to really ask you what you need. Mm-hmm. And I've been sold to so many times where I'm like, if you just would have stopped your first question and asked me like, how are you running your HR system or accounting or whatever? And I told you, then you could have used those pain points with me later in a conversation instead of shoving down my throat, this like scripted pitch <laughs> that now I'm just like, turn. I'm like, I don't know. This is like not you know, how I work. I had a hard time with sales in, in my business. It's just that, you know, I wear lots of hats. Of course we all do as business owners and sales was one that I struggled with. And I had a, a good mentor of mine say, look, Jen, you have a stigma around sales, but let's just talk about what that is. It's genuinely learning what somebody needs. And if you have something that fits that need, helping them with it. (laughs) And it was just changing the word from selling them something to helping them with it was just all I needed to understand. You're right. Like 
every client we've ever helped has been just that helps. Like they have been grateful. They've been very glad they found us. So it's about helping people. And I think if people shift their mind around sales um, and new business, I mean, just like what we were just talking about, you know, let's help connect each other with people that matter. And, and that, you know, approaching running a business as being the most helpful person you can, I think is, is a great long game strategy. <laughs> yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I think that, and that's how Jessa and I operate. And that's why we connected with you is because we just genuinely are interested in other human beings. Yeah. I'm not going to make a, a dollar off orphan. Like the, I, I'm, yeah. we're not bringing right. in revenue yeah. because we have you here. We have you here because we love what the gifts that you're bringing to the world and we want to share it. And that's from a genuine place. And I, I think that might be one of the takeaways for me, at least, of course, we'll go into your, your three point landing. But for me, it's this idea that businesses are just human beings so if you have a genuine connection with that human being and you can genuinely help them, then it's a good thing to contract with them as a client. You know what I mean? Like, like started off as, can I genuinely help you? Or am I trying to shove something down your throat that you don't need? And to be honest, when you can't, I think a lot of clients yes. or people will see that opportunity and say, well, I'll find a way that I can help them. And I think just being honest and saying, you know what, we're not right. I just did this yesterday. We're, we're, we're not right for you. Here's some people I think that might be. And I think that that goes a long way as well. I think it's yeah. the same too. And sorry, we should wrap up because speaking yeah, of values, we, <laughs> we connected over our values of respecting each other's time and energy. And so we were going to be, you know, stick to our uh, goal of keeping this a little <laughs> <laughs> under an hour. And one thing I was thinking about when you just said that was employment. And so it's like business to business and like business hiring employees as well is something that it's like, you can close the sale, you can get the job, you can hire the employee, but if you're not on the same page, no one's going to be happy. You might be able to fake it for a few months, like six months, a year, whatever. But at some point it's going to come out where that employee is just there to collect a paycheck or the company is grinding you to the ground or the business, like the deliverables, not what you wanted you're not getting like, you're getting scope creep. You're getting cut short on your, you know, your invoices, everyone's nickel and diming each other. And so I just think it solves so many problems when you have that conversation about like, what do you want? Or sorry, what do you want? What do you need? How can I help you? Okay. This is what I have. Is this a match? Mm -hmm. And, and again, and like a lot of different areas, business to business, like employee relationship, I think is just, um, very helpful to, to have a healthy conversation and, I had had that when I was hiring because I could see people like when I would do interviews for people, they would kind of tell me what I wanted to hear. And I would try to be honest with them and say, listen, like, this is what it's going to be like. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I would tell them. I was like, you can tell me like in a nice way, I would say it, but it's like, you can tell me like, we can sit here and check all the boxes, but at the end of the day, if like this doesn't align with your career goals and like your girls plan, then like, you're not going to be happy here. And if you're not happy here, we're not going to be happy like, you know, probably with your performance. So anyway, whatever, again, another podcast. Like, no, but your point, your point is on par. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, we're talking about sales, but it goes with, with recruiting and HR too, for sure. Yeah. Perfect. Wrap us up with your uh, three point landing, three key takeaways for three our audience. Takeaways. My gosh, we, we talked about so much. I'm proud of how much we got out in such a short amount of time. Um, I would say one of the key takeaways is to own the good that you're doing with your business and dig to find that. And if you're struggling to do that, Stella Co might help, <laughs> but you know, I think, I think that's one key takeaway is be okay with, with 
you know, there is a reason you're doing this beyond profit, find it. And if you don't know what that is, make sure you do find that. I would say that's one key takeaway. Another key takeaway is business is have a responsibility and the opportunity to really shift our world. And I think by putting our values up front and making partnerships that matter to us that have similar values and turning down people who don't have good values will help us gradually shift capitalism into a place that is for good. And the third takeaway I will say is be helpful. <laughs> be helpful to the people you meet and try to always come at the work and um, that you're doing with that lens. And I think it not only helps you sleep better at night, but it does help you close more deals and it helps you get projects that actually you want to help on. So thank you for helping us. Yeah. I mean, it's been great <laughs> chatting with you. I feel like when you find people who are valued aligned and, and, and believe what you believe about the work you're doing, I mean, you could just, we could just talk all day. So I'm proud of us for <laughs> wrapping it up. <laughs> Outstanding. Well done. Thank you so much for being here and for showing up for Finn, Jen Dirks. Thank you. Thank you guys. Great chatting with you. And let's talk offline. We'll make some connections. Yeah. All right. All right. Send it, Jessa. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Orion Podcast. If you're looking for a thoughtful gift for yourself or others, shop ethical jewelry with a story at article22.com. Enjoy 10% off qualifying purchases with promo code ORION10. That's www.article22.com and code ORION10. Enjoy!